Welcome to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Janessa McKenzie, an intuitive business and mindset coach to inspired, success-driven solopreneurs like you who are ready to show up like a badass boss and create the impact and income they desire. It's my mission to help you see who you were created to be so you can share your gifts with the world and make a difference. My approach to business is not what most would call normal. Thank God, because being weird and unapologetic about it is my jam. On this podcast, we mix the woo with the do to help you create the space, energetics, and strategy that attract the clients and cash you really want while unapologetically showing up as who you are so you can design the business and life you desire from the inside out. So if you're ready to say peace to settling, hiding, half-assing, and dimming your light, and yes to having the abundant, profitable business and life of your dreams without living on the edge of exhaustion and overwhelm, listen up as I hit the BS button on the extremely outdated perception that you need to hustle to be something you're not to be successful. Thank you so much for being here today. Now let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. This week, I talked to James Wedmore. James has an amazing course called Business by Design, but that is totally not his whole story. He is an amazing perspective shifter. He is the first person that actually bended my mind. Um, and that is why I was totally hooked and now listen to his podcast, the Mind Your Business podcast every week. And I'm so excited to have him on the show this week. <clears throat> so let me give you a little introduction because the episode actually just kind of goes right into us just talking. So I wanted to give you a little bit of a uh, intro here so that you understood who the heck James was when he starts talking, right? <laughs> so for 10 years, James taught entrepreneurs and online business owners how to leverage the power of online video and YouTube marketing to reach more people, share their message and convert more customers. And then in 2016, James made a massive shift to focus on a big gap missing in the marketplace, the mindset needed for entrepreneurship. Now that sounds familiar if you are a listener of this podcast. <laughs> he launched a totally woo-woo podcast, the Mind Your Business podcast, and his signature program, Business by Design. And today he helps coaches, experts, content creators, and authors not only craft better marketing messages but also how to ditch the hustle mentality and create success from the inside out. So as you can see, James and I are totally aligned and I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's just get started. So yeah, awesome. So let's, you know, just chat about unlearning. Um, totally. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, it's for me, it was definitely, you know, pushing that door open and being like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and then being like, ugh. <laughs> what when? was I thinking? Like how long? Like how long ago? Um, so I started about five years ago mm -hmm. as a photographer. Yeah. Um, and have completely pivoted. Am now a no. This sounds like exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Astrology, moon charts. Yeah. Yeah. Entrepreneurship well, photography. Yeah, it's, it's all the same. Yeah. 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 Exactly the same. Um, and am now a spiritual business and life coach. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, I mean, talk about pivoting and it's all from internal evolving, you know, of like course. evolving from yeah. me and then being 
um, okay with sharing all of that mm-hmm. stuff with everyone else. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very fortunate that I had a few things going for me growing up. I was very stubborn to begin with. Oh, I was such a pain <laughs> in the butt. So stubborn. Stubborn is, is something that isn't good or bad. Right. Because you can be stubborn about your dreams. You can be stubborn about your values, what you believe in. Mm-hmm. You're stubborn about that, right? And then you can kind of be stubborn in your ego. So um, it's a healthy, stubborn, unhealthy. So I was very stubborn, both healthy and unhealthy growing up. And I was very like ambitiously entrepreneurial aimed from the get-go. And so um, I started learning stuff and doing stuff and practicing entrepreneurship from a very early age. My first business that really took off was in high school, 15 years old, short version of the stories. I had a 1969 red, cherry red Honda Trail 70 mini bike. Amazing bike. You can go Google these. They're so awesome. So awesome. I had it. I was doing stupid stuff like doing a wheelie on it. And I whacked the fender, chrome fender, bent the whole thing up, ruined. Here's this 40-year-old bike, or at the time it was 30 years old, um, just destroyed. And there was a little site on the internet, this is 1998, called ebay.com. I'd never heard of eBay. I went to eBay. <laughs> yeah. And there's a guy selling the exact fender that I need for 100 bucks. And two thoughts crossed my mind. The first is like, oh, there's my fender. <laughs> and then the second thing was like, $100. The bike itself, I paid 300 So a third of the bike, I mean, this is a motorcycle for kids, right? Uh-huh. Dirt, it's a dirt bike. $300 for the bike and one third of the cost that I paid for the bike just to get a fender. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I proceeded to go into the garage and take apart every single part in that bike. And I posted it all on eBay and sold all the parks parts for over $2,000. Yeah. And fast forward like a year later and I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm by my dad's driving me around in mom's minivan and we're picking up these motorcycles and I'm just this dumb kid. Like, Oh, I don't know. I've got to try to learn to ride the bike. And then I'm like, <laughs> and I'm selling them on eBay the next week and raking in thousands of dollars as a 15, 16 year old kid. Mm. And, uh, and I got called into my college or my high school counselor because I wasn't taking career day. This is now fast forward two years later, 17 years old. And I didn't take career day, uh, uh, seriously. Because they put us in a room with all these file boxes, literal, literal boxes and metaphorical, put you and your life in a box and pick which career is best exemplifies you. And I thought it was such a joke. There's a reason I'm telling these stories. Um, hopefully, by sometime today, we'll get to that reason. Um, and I couldn't take it seriously. 17-year-old kid. And... Um, I picked crane operator and ambulance driver. He calls me into the parent to the, and I was a jerk. I was stubborn. I was not, you know, as nice of a person as I am today. And he starts to like get me in trouble in front of my parents, that he's not taking his future seriously. In which I proceeded to tell him I make between two to $4,000 a week, which I already know is more than you make. So what right do you have to give me career advice? when I'm already making more money than you and I have to go to school all day. Uh, That did not sit well with him, but I share this 
because we did do a lot of learning growing up. And a lot of the learning comes from people that are older than us, bigger than us. That we tend to think no better. Um, and, uh, and we just adopt as true. And we just decide. A lot of what I do and the work I do is around beliefs. Abraham Hicks described the word belief as a thought you continue to think. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the opposite. I think a belief is a thought that you no longer think. Because to really think, right, to really think about something takes some power. But to just decide it and then, you know, sort it away as this is the way, and that's how beliefs, we experience beliefs in our life. This is the way it is. This is the way the world is. This is the way I am. This is who I am. And then we just decide it. We no longer think about it anymore. It just is. It's like, it's like a brick. It's now cemented and it's cured. And that's just, that's just how it is. And these bricks behind me is like the, the bricks of your life that we build. And so many of us go through life from that like amygdala charged survival safety need. I just need to understand me and the world and, and mitigate threats. And then I will at least know that I'm safe and I'm okay. And um, you get into a world of entrepreneurship and it is a different world. Mm-hmm. And we come with these, this is what everyone has been telling me is the way the world is, is a solidified thing. And, um, and it's a completely different world. It is a completely different paradigm. And it absolutely, positively requires so much unlearning. And I could go on hours and give you examples of this. But a lot of the learning that we did is as we grew up, we, were, we, we grew up in a different time than what, what, the time that exists now. Even my dad, who's in his, in his mid-80s, told, so he's born in 1939. He came out of the Great Depression. His parents, immigrants, went through the Great Depression, struggled like you wouldn't believe, and he was born out of that. Where like when I was a kid, he'd get mad because I left the, a light switch on when I went to the bathroom in the next room. Yeah, my aunt. Too. And he'd yell at me. Anyway. Turn off those goddamn lights! You know he was mad. He was angry, and he's loving father. So wasn't my aunt used to shut the heat off at night. Yeah, because uh, you're asleep. You don't need heat. Yeah, we live in New England. <laughs> yeah, in the winter the heat was off at night, oh. and you'd have to. Oh my gosh! Yeah. No. Yeah, and and it was a different time. My dad said, "I've seen," and this was in like the two thousand to through two thousand ten. He said, these fat past few years, I've seen more change and faster change than any time I've been alive. Mm-hmm. So we grow up. I love this word domestication. <laughs> and we are domesticated because we are in these formative years, sponges. And we're building our bricks about how the way the world is. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad used to say things. You know, like, you know, the money doesn't grow on trees. It's a metaphor. Obviously, it literally doesn't. Yeah. Uh, unless, you're a, unless you're a tree farmer and you're yeah. selling the trees or something. I don't know. Um, that uh, um, he would always say this line, like, life is tough and then you die. Mm. And his version of the world was that it's a tough, dangerous, scary world out there. And I watched my dad almost work himself to death. I mean, he's, he's had to retire because of health. And he, that's the only thing stopping him from working. Mm. And, um, 
so very different paradigm, you know, that he, he grew up in and worked in. So we have the domestication of our care, primary caregivers, of the, the childhood environment, culture, and society that we grew up in. And you and I both did not grow up with the internet. Mm-mm. Now, I grew up with the internet came when I was 13 years old. So I was like the internet kid, you know. Um, what's that? I was a little older. <laughs> yeah, just a little. You were like 14 or 15. And it's just like light years difference. Oh my gosh. Right? When you're 13, a 15 year old is like, wow, what's an adult like? You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, so that's when I got the internet. So, but most of us here um, didn't grow up with that. So the game has changed completely. And then on top of that, you've also, um, and you know, this gets a little controversial. I don't really care. Um, people tend to get a little triggered and upset when I say this, but my experience of, I went to both public school and private school. Um, my experience of school growing up was I was taught how to be an employee. Mm -hmm. So I think school teaches us how to, um, follow directions, raise your hand, wait for permission, do what you're told, listen to the bell, stay in line, you know, be like everybody else. Um, and then that's fine. And I, there's nothing wrong with being an employee. What's wrong is taking the rules of the game of being an employee and applying that to business. That's like spending your whole life learning football and then going out and playing golf and wondering yeah. why you suck at it. Yeah. And then on top of that, the predominant experience we have in our life is being on the consumer side, especially if we're in America, we're a very consumer based nation. We buy stuff all the time. It's bad. I just bought this <laughs> little thing. You can't really see it gosh it's this little it's called a gooseneck for your iphone and it connects to your table about a 30 bucks i got hooked on it on on amazon or yeah, uh, that one too. <laughs> yeah you're just like we love buying stuff buy 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 right it's like let's go to walmart let's go to amazon let's go we have now we don't just have black friday we have cyber monday because one day of spending all our money wasn't enough so we got to have two and, and then of course it becomes a whole before, week right it's right like, yeah. yeah yeah it's only 48 hours wait I was just I was just in line at Walmart at 6 a.m. and now I need to go online at Amazon at 6 a.m. You know, yeah. And <laughs> I don't participate in those things. I don't really get them. I'm just out of the loop. But we spent the majority of our life on the consumer side of things. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I believe we learn how to be a good little hardworking, consuming employee. Nothing wrong with that. There's no judgment of that. And being an entrepreneur. <laughs> And being a business owner is the antithesis to that. Yeah. And it is about unlearning. Flipping yourself on your head. Completely. Yeah. Would you like an example? Sure. Yes. I would, I would love to give an example so that I'm not just talking and talking hot air here. The difference between value and value distribution work effort, compensation from an employee to a successful entrepreneur is a Grand Canyon difference. Mm. The amount of people that have that employee mindset that says, I worked this many hours or I worked this hard, therefore I deserve. Or that doesn't tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. That has no room in the world of an entrepreneur. 
when you are an entrepreneur, you don't get to just say, I worked longer, therefore I deserve more. I get more. I should make more. I, I Look, I, I have a whole thing on deserving. We all deserve inherently. Yeah. We learn to not be deserving. How about that? So we yeah. need to unlearn what we think are the rules of what the criteria for deserving. You look at a new beautiful newborn baby, which is an enlightened, you know, perfection of God source right there. That's why when people stare into a new, I'm my good buddy, Ryan say, I'm going to give a shout out to him. He's the guy we do our, all our videos with. So maybe you've seen a lot of the work that we do. And he just, he just had his firstborn daughter and he said it. I mean, he just said, he goes like, I feel like I was, God was staring back at me Yeah, and God is. So when you're born, there you are, you're perfect. And as a mother or a father or any human being looking into that, the eyes of source, you don't look at that newborn and say, I hope you start working pretty soon so that you can be deserving of things in your life. No, you automatically say you deserve everything. Oh, right. I want you to have the world. You deserve it all. So when did we decide that we weren't worthy or deserving of what we desire? We, we learned that and we'll have to unlearn that. So you're deserving of everything inherently that you want. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't even play a role in my life anymore. It's an irrelevant word actually to me. In fact, I, you know what I hate? I hate when people, and I, I don't like really hate, but you know, like, why do you say this is when like, if I were to like post on Facebook today and say, I'm going on vacation, I'm taking a trip. And what, what is a very common thing that people say? Good for you. You deserve it. Yeah. Or, oh, must be nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah. that, right? <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Two a types of people, yeah. which I'll talk about that. But it's two types of people. There's the type of person that sees, well, I always like to make a joke. I always like to make fun of myself. There's two types of people, Janessa. There's, there's the type of person that thinks there's two types of people and then there's everybody else. But when we go beyond that joke, there's two types of people. <laughs> There's the type of person that when you see someone that has what you want, you do one of two things. You either say, thank you, that's proof for me of what's possible. Mm. Or proof that it's not possible for me. We either make it a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. And that's a very important thing that you must, must, must get in the habit. Every time you see somebody else that has what you want, that's living how you want to live, that's experiencing what you want to experience, that has the results that you want. We must train our brain. Absolutely, this is important. You must train your brains to say, thank you for this evidence of what is possible. That means it's coming for me next. We must see it as this is what is possible for me. Otherwise, if you say, she has what I want, but now I can't because she does that, which with a B, must be nice for you. Yeah. whoop de doo and now we have resentment. You are literally pushing away what you want. You are pushing it away because yeah. you're saying, I can't have it too. Yep. I tell my clients all the time, be the portal of possibility. Yeah. There was a great law of attraction book. I, re- I love that. The portal of possibility. Mm. Do you have that domain? Let's go get that domain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> portal of possibility. That is the coolest phrase. Mm. Pop. Pop. The portal of possibility. <laughs> be the pop. Welcome to the Portal of Possibility Hour with James and Janessa. 
you are in it. This is the vortex of viability in, in the portal of possibility. I love, look, that's my marketer brain turn on. So we can go, yeah. <laughs> we can go like any direction you want to go, but I'm like, that's, there's something there. Yeah. Um, so this will air after you register that domain. <laughs> uh, yes. I know. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even think of that's that. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Janice. That's what I'm here for. Um, I got you. I got you. Okay. So, so there's that. Um, so you deserve this. It's inherent. Of course you deserve it. Deserving according to who you right. really think God or source or higher power is sitting there saying, mm, you deserve, but you don't. Oh, it's just this man-made woman-made, you know, human-made construct. And I don't like it. I don't play there. So whatever you want, whatever you want to create, the deserving is out of, there's no, it's not part of the conversation. But what people do is they, they operate from a deficit, an illusion of deficit. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I'm not deserving. And then the same token, they've decided that there's a strategy to become enough, worthy, and deciding. So here is a journal prompt for you. If I believe that I'm not enough, not worthy and not deserving. What have I already decided is the strategy for becoming enough, worthy, and deserving? Mm. What is the strategy that I've decided is the way to compensate? That's what we do. We decide something that isn't true about ourselves, and then we spend the rest of our life trying to hide something that doesn't need to be hid because it's not real. It's a mirage from the world. And we develop a 3D doing strategy. Well, if I work harder, if I show people how hard I'm working and how much I'm struggling, maybe if I sacrifice my health a little bit more, maybe if I sacrifice my relationships, maybe if I complain more, they'll see, wow, she really does deserve it. Yeah. It, it was never in question. And people look, people are going to say what they're going to say. Oh, she doesn't deserve all that success. She barely works for it. That's her own stuff. That has nothing to do with you. Yeah. You know, I Those love are this, all this... big hurdles to get over. Oh, oh. We, there, it's it's really is like the universal human condition so like you think oh you think you're alone because you don't think you're enough yeah. you think you're the only person on the planet we all do mm -hmm. we all do yeah that's where i started and that's where yeah. i stayed for a very long time yeah but i love this i love this story i think it's a fake story i don't know if it's real it's the story of like the factory <laughs> and something's broken in the factory and some guy comes and um and he comes and fixes what's wrong with the factory. And he comes to the foreman of the factory in like 20 minutes. And, uh, and he goes, I found the problem. And uh, um, he goes, there was a switch that was off. And you got to do this little thing and connect this thing. And then he goes, that'll be $10,000. $10,000? That was 20 minutes. You're telling me I paid you $10,000 uh, $10, for 20 minutes. And he says some beautiful line. He goes, um, he goes, I forget what it was. He's like, no, you, you paid me $10,000 for the 10 years it took me to master the ability to find a problem in 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's the difference between an entrepreneur thinking and an employee thinking mm -hmm. is entrepreneurs know the value is in what it solves and creates for another human where the, the employee is focused on how much time did it take? How much effort did it take? Mm -hmm. How hard did I work? That's you centric. And that's you thinking it's more valuable because you worked longer or harder. But it, the entrepreneur goes, my value 
in terms of compensation. Law of compensation is the proportion of compensation you get to the value you deliver. And then we could go into ancient wisdom and talk about Aini, the ancient law of reciprocity, which is with everything we do, there needs to be an exchange of energy, right? Mm-hmm. And so the entrepreneur is looking at the value is inherent in the problem it solves and for whom, how it helps better their life. And when I got my start, I was teaching YouTube. That's how I got started years ago. I had a, built a million dollar business selling a $97 online course teaching YouTube. And I have two different, I have two extremes of people here, right? Taught the same topic to two people. One was Carol, who was a mommy blogger. Now, mommy bloggers don't like to be called mommy bloggers, so I'm not trying to offend anybody or anything. But she had a blog on the side. She wanted to make like a couple hundred bucks a month with like ads and stuff like that. And she wanted to start using YouTube. She's a young mom, obviously, huge time, effort, energy, commitment. So here's a little thing she wants to do on the side. That's beautiful. And then there's Carl Deichler. Carl Deichler is the CEO and founder of Beachbody. At the time, Beachbody is a $500 million a year company. P90X and Pio and all those type of things. Yeah, I had some of those, right? You see the infomercials. He's calling me. He goes, James, I want to learn YouTube. But what, what it really was is he has 120,000 affiliates that promote Beachbody, and he wanted to train all 120,000 of them to use and optimize YouTube to get the word out about their product. Mm-hmm. Now, what entrepreneurs see is that you have two different people. I'm teaching the same thing, how to use YouTube. But notice the cataclysmic difference in value yeah. as I teach YouTube to the mommy blogger, Carol, versus Carl. And we have to understand that aspect of it. What is the value that I'm creating? And it has nothing to do with your time, effort, and energy. In fact, I could teach both Carl and Carol in the same amount of time. Yeah. But be paid together. I could teach them together, but be paid compensated massive differences with Mm. Carl versus Carol. So there's a lot, there's a lot in our thinking that needs to change our unlearning um, when we step into entrepreneurship, Mm. going from being the student to the teacher, Going from being the consumer to the marketer. Yeah. Going from being the employee to the entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the day when I realized that I was no longer an employee. I think I danced mm. around my living room and I was like, I don't have an employee <laughs> mindset anymore. <laughs> I was like, now get back to like, work. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was literally like, oh my God, it was just like this epiphany in my head that was just mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, I don't have to sit at my desk for eight hours a day anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have yep. to, you know, do the things that I was doing in the corporate world anymore. Yes. And it was just, it. you know, mind blowing. But I remember one of the first podcast uh, episodes that I listened to from Mind Your Business podcast was... It was something about, I don't remember what number it was or what the title was, but it was something about um, creating your own reality. And Mm, yeah, (laughs) I will never forget where I was or how it felt when I listened to that episode, James. 
I was waiting. Angry at me? Were you were you pissed at me? No, my my brain was melting out of my ears. Okay. Literally, literally. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell people all the time, you you know, if you um uh, you'd have probably have to listen to a lot of episodes on my podcast, but I have said multiple times, James is the first person that ever been oh. in my brain. Oh, like, yeah. that's my goal. <laughs> and you did a great job. You do a great job. But I was sitting at a Dunkin' Donuts um, coffee shop mm-hmm. waiting for, um, um, I was going to meet somebody for coffee. And I was listening to this podcast and I was just like, uh, what is happening right now? Like, I felt like the whole world just turned on its head. And um, I was like, uh, I, and I left the old world. <laughs> that i lived in yeah. for so long bye yeah whole new world like opened up <clears throat> i was like yep. what just happened this is amazing uh and that really catapulted my own you know journey to into mindset and into bigger mm-hmm. self-development than what i was already yeah. into um but realizing that you we are creating every day and that, you know, I remember the first time I think I heard you say what you see in front of you right now is like your own creation. You created what you are seeing right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Psh, no, sir. <laughs> you know? It's like, no, no way. That's, you know, I didn't create this stupid line at Dunkin Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't create the person that's 10 minutes late meeting me right now Um, but yeah I was just like oh my god Um, and it took me a little bit to Mm -hmm. really grasp that and really understand Mm -hmm. it and be like oh okay Um, if everything right now is a like my movie that's what, mm-hmm. that's how I look at it now. It's like, yes. I, I'm watching my own movie and everyone else is watching their own movies and my movie isn't going to be the same as theirs. And they're not going to see me through my own lens. It's it, you do have to wrap your brain around it a little bit to like really think about that. But then it comes back to what we were just talking about our parents, our teachers, our authority figures in our lives all have their own lens. They all have their own movie playing in front of them. And they're only sharing what they think is true for them. So when you think about it that way, then you're going, okay, so everything that I thought was true, I learned, but now can actually make a choice as to whether or not I believe those things are true for me. And then that opens the possibility for you to actually figure out who you are, who you mm. really are without all of this conditioning that happened. And, and, and let me just throw that in there. You have no idea who you are, right? Everyone exactly. listening, like, you think you know who you are, but who you are is who you've settled on deciding who you are. Yes. And I'm waking up more. Would you say in the past year, Janessa, you, you've learned more about who you are, what you're capable of, than you did, than you, you know now more than, than a year ago? Absolutely. So, Every day. 
so what a beautiful, you know, like I think it's um, Plato or one one of those philosophers of like the whole like I know nothing uh, mentality. And it's like let's start there with like, what if you didn't know who you are, and not in a bad way, not in a I'm so confused, but in a in a enveloping opening of curiosity, and um, that's a beautiful place to live. Yeah, but it takes a lot of courage. A lot of courage to to do all of this because those bricks. I mean, it's such a perfect metaphor because anybody who ever sees this is is visually. If they see the video, there's a brick wall behind me. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we we really set those bricks in stone, and then in certain circles they call it the critical faculty. And the critical fa- critical faculty is the guard at the door to your mind. That basically when someone like me, because I tend to be a contrarian, like I want to, ch- I mean, when, when Janessa is saying I'm bending her brain, like that's my goal mm. is I want to ch- challenge the old paradigm that we grew up in, undomesticate ourselves. And only, I can't actually do that because there is a critical faculty at the door of your mind. So only you can do that. And that critical faculty is that guard that's looking at all the bricks and it looks, so it's like, I'm going to say, say something, you know, I'm going to like offer something like you create your own reality. Right. Mm. And so what you've already done listening to this is you've taken that brick in your hand, this belief, this statement, this perspective. And then you've like, uh, put it up against all the other bricks that what you've stopped thinking about and just decided. And if it, if it threatens those bricks, <laughs> What do we do? We throw it out. Yeah. If it, if it doesn't fit the model of the world that you've built, what do you do? You reject it. People will go so far as to do this on such an unconscious level. They will reject. They will delete. They will, they will distort it until that it does fit. That They don't even consciously know they're doing it. And I've had people say things like, I don't remember him saying that. <laughs> yes. Because your mind erased it from you because it didn't fit Mm. so it takes a lot of courage because i've had people have experiences of like midlife crises because it almost feels as if it really is like a shamanic death it's a it's an egoic death um it feels like the floor has fallen beneath you yeah because everything you thought was real everything you thought was true isn't and um, that's a beautiful process. Like I'm always, you know, don't believe everything you think. I'm always questioning my own belief system. Mm-hmm. I'm always getting as much awareness and presence. It's like, wait, is that true? How do I know that that's true? And a lot of people operate from things that aren't truths as truth. That's just the way it is, James. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's how the way it always is. We've always is. done it. That's the way we've always done it. And um, oh, like here's so here's the meatloaf story. Are you are you, are you familiar with the meatloaf metaphor? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm, no. Okay. The meatloaf metaphor, I don't know if this is true or not. Let's just pretend it is. Uh, <laughs> like it actually happened, but it's a great metaphor because we've all had something like this before. So mother is, mom is, young mom is preparing the family meatloaf. And before she puts it in the oven, she cuts the ends off of the meatloaf. And she, her young daughter, who's in that inquisitive phase, who asks the number one question that every kid asks why which we want to continue asking that question why and she goes mom why are you cutting the ends off the meatloaf 
And the mom wants to have an answer, you know, like, oh, maybe it locks in the juices or the flavors come in or the heat heats faster or something like that. But she really doesn't actually know. She's just been doing it for so long. And that's just the way she's always done it. Mm. But her sister, her older sister might know. So she calls her older sister. I'm going to give the abridged version here because you'll get the pattern of what's going on. And the sister doesn't know either. Why do we cut off the ends? And she's like, I don't know. That's just the way mom always did it. So what do they do? They call mom. So now we're up to grandma. Mom, why do we cut off? And she goes, because that's the way your mo- uh, my mother did it. Mm-hmm. So they call grandma. Okay, we're getting pretty old here. We got this lineage yeah. of like. <laughs> yeah. The ancestors have done it yeah. for years. And then her great-great-grandmother. So anyways, we get to grandma, and they go, why do we cut the ends off the meatloaf? And they all have their own theories, right? It's to lock in the flavor. It's to heat it faster. It's, you know, it's, it's, some, it's what makes it taste better than any other meatloaf out, uh, out there. And grandma goes, oh, no, it's because my oven was too small to fit the meatloaf in. <laughs> That's awesome. And that's what happens. <laughs> like right? I just did it to make it work. And... Right. Today's, yeah. Today's ovens are twice the size. Size is not a problem with the oven, but we're still cutting the, the meatloaves off. Yeah. There's another example of this. Do you know where the size of um, uh, NASA rockets come from? Like how they decided on that? On that? No. This is really interesting. True stories. This is a true story. I don't know if the meatloaf is true, but it's a great metaphor. <laughs> it is. I'm sure something happened like that. I'm sure we've all had an example. Like, why does mom do it this way? And you realize it's like for some completely irrelevant reason. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of obvious. The, the reason the, the shuttles that go out into space are the size that they are is because they have to fit on a train track because they build them in one place and then they train them to Cape Canaveral or whatever the launch pad is. That makes sense, right? But did you know what causes, what caused or determined train tracks to be the width that they are? No. It all started with the width of the Roman carriages back in ancient Rome. So today's technology of a rocket ship is determined in size by what ancient Romans were doing however many thousands of years ago. Um, Not questioned. Right. And these are interesting things to ponder because we live in a very different society today with very different options and and opportunities and technologies. And, you know, and and even it's also so funny with like the past year of like virtual living and quarantining and stuff. All your friends and family are like, have you heard of this thing called Zoom? It's like, what? We've been on Zoom for like years. And the technology and the opportunities that, that exist to us that didn't exist when we were growing up, when we learned a lot about the way the world is and the way the economy is and the way business is and the way work is and the way success is and all that type of stuff. And I, what I've been trying to get at is I'm just very grateful that I was so stubborn and such a contrarian growing up that I was challenging it back then. Mm. And it's time we all challenge it now because there are so many opportunities that are right in front of us that could not have been even possible when we were growing up. Because things like the internet did not exist. In fact, I remember telling this story uh, re- recently. Um, I, I just recalled it where I used to really beat myself up because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was like in my uh, like high school years and early college years. And I was like, everyone else has figured it out. They want to be a doctor. They want to be a lawyer. And they're on these paths. 
And I said, I don't understand this because I feel like this, like meant for something, but, but I don't know what to do. And then mm. it hit me years later because I built this whole business. I was the YouTube guy, seven figure business, teaching YouTube, all that stuff. Like I said, and I look back and in a moment, I realized, I actually remember where I was when I had that like epiphany. I was so hard on myself for not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And here I was doing what I wanted to do with my life. But what I wanted to do hadn't been invented yet. Mm. YouTube was not around when I was in high school and college. Yeah. And here I was doing that and creating that. There was no online video back in 1996, 1997. And like, it's just so, you know what I mean? It's such a crazy different time. Like things are going so fast. Opportunities are everywhere and, and, and times are accelerating and how much of us are still operating from so much of that, that older uh, paradigm. So yeah. we never would have expected us ourselves to be here uh, with all of the technology that we have now when yeah. we were, you know, 10, eight, Exactly. You know, like the exactly. first time your first grade teacher said to you, what do you want to be when you grow up? It was like doctor, fireman, right. And, you know, like something like that, <laughs> something that you looked up to or thought that you could make a lot of money at. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It was even at that age, you feel like you have to have one of these jobs or a job in order to make money. Yeah. So, so, you know, even in first grade, we're going, well, what kind of job do I have to have in order to yeah. survive in, in this world? Right. And like, even today, I haven't shared this too much, but I, you might know. So I talk about it on my podcast a little bit. Like I started another business in the past year in um, Airbnb. quarantine life, the Airbnb business. Mm. So I bought, um, I have four properties, three of which are on Airbnb and we've created a $600,000 a year, uh, stream of revenue. That's bookings, total bookings in a year. It's awesome. From something that didn't exist. I don't know how long Airbnb is around, been around 10 years or something like that. Yep. <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. cow. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, so I want to give the most, what I think as we talk about like, boy, stepping in the role of entrepreneurship is, is such about personal growth. Your business is a reflection of you. What that means is as you grow, your business will grow. Because who's making the decisions for your business? Yeah, you are. You are, right? Where are those decisions coming from? How are you making those decisions? Are you making them from fear? Right? Are you making them like the consumer mindset, the employee mindset, the student mindset? or the leader leadership mindset, the entrepreneur mindset, the abundance mindset, the marketer mindset, the successful entrepreneur mindset. So there's really the most simple, it's almost too simple that people just don't value it, unfortunately, because people want it all complex, but it really is the most simple formula for success. Now, what is success? The simple definition of success is doing what you said you were going to do. That's success. <laughs> but you get to decide at any time what it is you want to do. Like I want to start a podcast and reach a million people. That's what you said you would do, and you will have success in that when you do it. A lot of people want to talk about money and sales and results, but not talk about the other pieces of it. We want to take a holistic, I'm kind of going on a tangent for a moment, but a holistic viewpoint, a uh, perspective. You know, you can make a million dollars robbing banks, 
Why don't you just do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because you don't want to do anything illegal. Okay. Right. So you want to make a million dollars legally, morally, ethically, and maybe you want to do it taking the weekends off or, you know, not sacrificing your health or your sanity or time from family. Right. So success is doing what you said you would do when you answer the question, which most people can't answer. What do you want? Mm. It's a powerful question and most people can't answer it. Or what do they answer it with? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's funny. Cause that's the, that's the title of the very first podcast episode I released. What do you want? Oh, oh I thought it was, I don't know. What's the title? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that welcome to episode one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I started a podcast. What's it about? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And that that's, was, that was you know, felt, that's right? changed too. I mean, I've had this podcast for um, a year, yeah, a little over first. a year now, and you know, it's evolved and grown as I have. So I think the biggest thing to take away, especially for those listeners that might be feeling like oh, I'm supposed to do it this way, or I, you know, I'm doing something not right or bad because I'm mm. not thinking this way or not feeling this way or not doing that way. No, it's okay. It's okay to not, to be right where you are right now. It's okay. Because once you realize where you are and recognize that, then you can take the next step to go and grow and do the next thing. Yeah. The, the, the the shame, the beating yourselves up, like that doesn't do anything. No, it's going to make it worse. Yeah. That's like that whole thing of like, where, what's the metaphor? It's like, slapping yourself in the face just so you can stop to say that it feels good it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> or just not slap yourself in the face all, all day. Cause we're really hard on ourselves. Yeah. Um, it is a process. I think, I think life is about like, I think the perfect metaphor of life is, is you're in a dark room and you're, you're just discovering. So you're going to mm-hmm. bump into the walls. You're going to take some wrong turns. You're going to trip over some things and little by little you gain the clarity, but people don't do that. They kind of stay in a corner and they say, okay, I know this little area and I'm just going to stop here. Mm-hmm. Or they take the courage to venture out beyond what they know. And they hit their first, they stub their toe for the first time or they hit a wall for the first time and they beat themselves up. What was I thinking? You idiot. It's like go back you're stumbling corner. through the, yeah, go back to my corner. Right. Yeah. And, um, but what did you expect? You're stumbling in the dark. And I, there's a quote I read recently that I thought was really powerful. It says, if you're a lot of entrepreneurs, what's like the biggest thing is like, I'm just not clear on what to do. I'm not clear on my plan, my path. I can't see what I'm supposed to do. And I read a quote recently and I was like, wow, that's a really powerful perspective because it's all just about perspective. Is he said, if, if, you're, if your path is clear in, ahead of you, then chances are it's not your path, it's someone else's. Mm. Think about that one for a second. Yeah, that's because a good one. What entrepreneurs are, are creators. We're bridge builders. We are visionaries. So is it clear because someone just gave you the perfect plan and you're just living their business, living their life? Or are you making it clear every day by having the courage to get up every day and stumble a little bit more in the dark and access a little bit more light? And take one put, foot in front of the other. I've said this for years and people love when I say this. I thought it was so simple that I was like, really? Yeah, that was, but, but it is, it's because it's true, right? <laughs> but I say, most people are waiting for clarity before they take action. Yeah. It's the opposite. 
the more action you take, the more clarity you'll have. Action causes clarity. It's like Indiana Jones in the last crusade at the end of the movie, when he takes that first step onto that invisible bridge, he had to have faith. You know what I'm talking about with scene, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. I've heard you, you talk about faith. this too. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. You're like, no, never seen the movie. Indiana who? Yeah. Um, you have to have faith <laughs> to step out into the unknown. It's easy to not. It's easy to wait for permission. It's easy to wait for someone to tell you what to do. It's easy to not do it at all. It's easy to procrastinate. It's easy to get overwhelmed. And um, that's the easy way out. It's sc- it is scary, you know, and uh, all that. So going back to these two things, it's also scary to answer the question, what do I want? Mm-hmm. And I don't know are the three worst words that you can ever have in your vocabulary. Because first of all, it's not true. You always know what you want. Mm-hmm. Now, ah, I don't right now. If I asked you, okay, tell me what you don't want. Well, tell me what you're sick of. Tell me what you've been complaining about. Tell me what you just want to vent off that you're just sick and tired of. And, and people like, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. People are like, how much time you got? Yeah. Right. And, and you give me an hour of your time, write it all down and give me the opposite. I'm sick of being in debt. Okay. So you want to be debt free. I'm sick of people telling me what to do. Okay. So you want sovereignty. You want freedom. You want autonomy. You want, you want to be in control of your life. You want to be a leader. I'm sick of not being able to pay my bills. Okay. So you want more money. We're so focused and conditioned because, you know, the amygdala, that part of the brain is always looking for threats and problems that that's, that we just get hooked by that. Mm-hmm. But then by saying what we want, it's, you know, well, now I feel greedy or it's, I'm, it's shameful, mm. <laughs> or it's, you know, yeah. like then we go into all of that. Like, yeah. I think the reason why we've been, you know, trained to not say what we want is because we feel like we've been shamed for saying what we want. Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. Mm. I don't have that problem. I am so <laughs> I shameless. don't either anymore. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Like I am, because here's why I I had a quote come to me. I felt like a download years ago and it's the quote that's driven my life. It really has. And it, it just came to me one day. It it said, um, inspire others through your actions. Uh And I realized that that's what I'm here to do. I just want to be proof of what's possible for someone else. I want to show you, let me be the example of what's possible. You want to be the pop. The portal of possibility. The portal of possibility. <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah. love it. I love it. And, um, and so here's my simple, I'm going to, I'm being cheeky here, but here's my simple secret to success. This is the formula for success. Really is though. I'm being cheeky, but it's true. It all comes down to two words, letting go. Mm-hmm. Unlearning is letting go. So when you're clear on what you want, we have to acknowledge that this, the thing that you want is something you don't have. That's why you want it. And the reason you don't have it is because you haven't been it. Whether you want to call that a vibrational match, whether you want to call that the be do have, your actions, your thoughts, your thinking, has your, your feeling hasn't aligned with that. So something else has been uh, showing up in place of that. And that's what we need to let go. Hmm. Learning and growing and your growth 
when I realized all growth is a letting go process. Is it actually getting back to who you were when you were that newborn baby of perfection? Maybe. Maybe all of life is unlearning everything we've learned since we were like two years old or even younger. And the more we're shedding that, unlearning that and letting go, we're stepping more into our infinite potential. And I really do believe our potential is limitless. Mm-hmm. And because um, I just keep find, I just keep looking for the boundary. I keep looking for the border. Where is that? Oh, that's all I'm capable of. There isn't one. You, you, this, this is like it. There's a facade that it is like, oh, that stretch. And then that becomes the new norm. And then you stretch again mm-hmm. and it just keeps going. Right. So letting go is the, the, to me is the, is the formula always. So it's, what do I want? And then if I had that thing right now, if that thing was just naturally mine, whether it's the business or the clients or the following or whatever it is, what had to let go? What did I have to give up? What did I have to let go of to make this possible? And Mm. there's always something there. And so that struggle that we often face that resistance, resistance becomes a big word for people. Like there's just so much resistance around this. Resistance to me is the battle between your heart and your head. Mm-hmm. Resistance is your unwillingness to let go of what no longer serves you. And so usually what we're holding onto is in our head when our heart is telling us go here and then our head goes, but what about this? Like your heart goes, you're, you're meant to go do your own thing. And then your head goes, but you're not worthy of this. Who are you to do this? You're not qualified. What will they say? What will they think? Mm-hmm. So it's a head versus the heart. And we tend to, it's so silly. We tend to believe more and pay attention to more of what goes on in our head and ignore our heart. But I've never heard anyone say, you know, I listened to my heart and that was the biggest mistake I've ever made. <laughs> I should have never trusted my gut and my intuition. Why did I follow my heart? Idiot. (laughs) And no one ever gave their success acceptance speech and said, here's the secret to success. Stay in your head (laughs) and overthink like a mofo and you'll be successful too. And resist it. Yes. Right. (laughs) Just stay in your head. Overthink everything. Worry it to death, and then you too can be successful. No. So we know, we inherently know when you tune in, you know that the answer's in your heart and the lies in your head. But we didn't learn that either. We didn't learn. I didn't learn. Today, my business is very intuition-led. We grow by leaps and bounds. We'll get to the end of a quarter and the end of the year and be like, wow, so grateful and humble. We didn't really make any big mistakes. I'm, I'm really grateful with every decision that we made. And it's all intuition-based. But I didn't learn intuition in school. I learned critical thinking in school. So that's something you need to unlearn. Decision fatigue is a real thing. And we're using our our thinking power to make all these decisions. And we're ignoring, denying the, the intuitive mind, the heart, the gut, that collective unconscious, that that you know divine mind for going that for just our thinking brain. And, um, I didn't learn that growing up. I didn't, I just, I didn't learn intuition growing up. So that's something that we need to replace and unlearn 
this notion that all the answers are just in your brain sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we could, God, I could talk about that forever <laughs> too. <laughs> your thoughts yeah. and where they come from and yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, I had, so I had this like, I had this thought the other night and it was like in meditation and it was like a movie that was playing in my mind and it wasn't a memory and it wasn't something I intentionally called to envision. So then I started going, where did this movie come from? Where did this thought in my mind come from? Mm. How did it get here? And that really sent me on a really trippy. Yeah. Was like, so I was that thought say, that's like, was that what thought was mine? in that coffee? What was in that tea? <laughs> you know? What did I, yeah, have, exactly. what I have to eat today? <laughs> but it was just like this random, it was a, it was just like this person like running down the street in a weird way. And I was like, whoa, where's this coming from? You know, and I only bring that up because it really sent me on my own journey and inquiry into like how many thoughts are having power over me because I just decide they're mine and they're true and they're real. Yeah. You know, and I I just had a doctor, Dr. Amen, if you're familiar with him, you wrote the book, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life on the podcast. Mm. And just from the neurological, like neuroscience, brain, uh, brain-based science side of things, like he talks about um, thoughts can come from our DNA from our ancestors and they've hmm. proven this now, right? Epigenetics and stuff. So like if you had, I don't know, like I guess what I'm hearing from him saying that is like mother or father was always in stress. The world is bad. The world is even da, 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 da. like you can be getting those thoughts just because they're passing that DNA onto you. Mm. so you're you have thoughts in your mind because it's like a frequency and it's an energy that's in your dna that's not even from you mm. and then we just believe that you yeah know, and say that that's true and then that's the way the world is and that's how i am yeah I've so there's a lot of unlearning yes a lot of unlearning i've definitely and even your own thoughts like <laughs> learning your own thoughts because yeah. yeah i've had to do a lot of that myself is this mine mm. Yeah, is this true? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm being, you know, an empath, a reflector uh, in human design. I'm a reflector. Mm -hmm. So every single one of my, you know, whatever they call them, um, sections for lack of a better word. No, like the big, they're not not the gates or the small ones, but like the the big portals of possibility portals of possibility. Yes. They're all wide open. I have no, no colored sections in um, Mm. human design. So I have no set way to um, take in information. They're undefined or whatever. Undefined. Yes. Um, Undefined everywhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, uh, when I got my human design chart read, well, I actually, I asked somebody first because I mean, that's like a whole nother rabbit hole, right? You can go down with human design and I love it. And it's amazing. Um, but when I first asked, what the heck is this? Like, why do I not have any colored things? Like, why am I not defined? What's anything? wrong with me? Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, is this normal? And actually it's not. It's like 1% of the population is our reflectors. Oh, yes. You're the one percent. I am the one. I, I'm like the unicorn. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're. I think you're the first person I've ever met that's in and, that 
Because I remember people talking about that. It's like, oh yeah, there's like this super rare one. And that's yeah. the reflector. I'm like the rare Pokemon or something. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. I finally So it's um they exist. I ha- they exist. I am proof. <laughs> I am the portal of possibility. I am the portal. <laughs> I love it. So I'm often asking myself, is this mine? Is this not mine? Is this my thought? Is it yeah. not my thought? And why am I thinking this thought? Mm-hmm. Is this true? Is this not true? So yeah, I probably sound like a crazy person right now, but really we should all be asking ourselves these questions. I think you'd be crazy not to do these things. Yeah. Honestly. So here's my little secret. And I don't know if this works for you, but this is what I've been doing for a long time. I started caring about how I feel. Mm. And even Dr. Raymond from a brain, brain based standpoint says, um, my shaman says this, you are where your attention is. He says the thoughts that you put your attention on and, and get an attached to by and large determine how you feel. Mm-hmm. So we need to begin caring about how we feel. And I'd like to offer a hack that's kind of out there, but I've tr- tried this and used this over the years with myself and with clients. And it's unbelievable. When you're in this unlearning process, there'll be a part of you, like the ego, which is like the, the 3D part of you, that really needs to go like, but what is true and what is real? Mm. And that could be really hard, you know, like, wait a second, I thought this and, you know, and rejecting things and questioning things and other things are threatening other things. And that can be really hard. I believe how you feel will always to tell you what is true and what is a lie. Mm-hmm. And so when you're trying on a thought or a perspective, like here's an example. When I think about selling, when you think about selling, how does that make you feel? Oh, now? icky and gross. Well, like just generally the collective, right? Like oh, as a listening. collective, yes. Um, the, you know, gross or scared or blah, 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 blah. And so you'd say, okay, is that a positive emotion you're feeling or a negative emotion? So people say, oh, that, those are negative emotions. Okay, great. So what is the specific thought that you have when I, when I get you to think about selling that would have you feel that negative emotion? People would say maybe something like, um, that it's sleazy. Selling is sleazy. Okay. Why is it sleazy? Because it's greedy and you're taking money from people. Okay. And how do you feel when you say that? I feel that negative emotion. So the, the, the theory here as it goes, and I, I, I live by this is that the fact that it's a negative emotion, when you put your attention on that means it's not true. That's why it feels negative. Oh, and <laughs> Another way to do it is saying your higher self, God source, the universe. That's not the perspective of your higher self. Mm. And that's why it feels negative. And it feels negative because you're moving yourself further away from source. Mm. So to notice and get present, everything's about awareness. Everything begins with awareness. I put my attention on this and I feel like, crap, is there a lie I'm telling myself here? Ah, here's this statement. Selling is sleazy and greedy. Okay, so the fact that it feels negative or discomforting emotion or lower frequency emotion means it's a lie. If that's the lie, what's the truth? And Mm. it's always the opposite, right? And if I offered that we've all had an experience where we bought something and it was a great experience, 
and maybe it got us. Maybe we bought a fitness diet program or hired a life coach or, or joined a course and we like learned something or solved a problem. We've all had an experience of buying something and having a really great experience buying it and maybe getting a problem solved. And so what if your audience had that same experience buying something from you? What if selling wasn't greedy and sleazy? What if selling was a service? What if to sell was to be of service? How does that feel? If you tried that on for most people that doesn't feel crappy, that kind of feels good. Like that would be really nice to see it that way. It does feel good just trying that on. Of course, you got that critical faculty that's trying to reject it. No, 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 no. We have to reject that because we've already, we've already decided. We've already cemented this brick into your model of the world that selling is bad, evil, greedy, sleazy. Only used car salespeople do that. So how could it be a service? So the resistance is a threat of the old versus the new. But if you just tried this new on and you go, it feels really good, then it must be true. So what I'm constantly doing is paying attention to how I feel mm. and letting my feel, my emotional state be the barometer for how much truth I'm living into versus how much illusion I'm living into. Mm. What is the perspective of God source, uh, higher, higher self, whatever fits for you. And is that the perspective that God source universe has or not? And mm. I let that, be my barometer and my guide as I sift and sort. Cause there is, there's a part of you, you that wants to know what is true. And like, you know, and that's yeah. how I do it. I don't know if that, if that made sense in the, that made total short. sense. Yeah. I mean, it's intuition, right? It's, it's, yes. that's, that's a deep dive mm-hmm. or deeper dive than, you know, 99% of the people on the face of the planet even understand right that they even have an intuition or what it is, mm. yeah. you know? Um, and yes, I remember you brought up sales. So little story. I remember hearing that, you know, same thing five years ago when, I don't know if it was you or somebody else said, um, selling is service. Actually, it wasn't you. It was somebody else. I don't remember who it was, <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and they said that. And I was like, <sighs> Yeah. yeah. No. Reject it. Yeah. No. Reject. Reject. That doesn't, that doesn't fit my model. Yeah. yeah. And I, a lot of the thoughts and beliefs that I have now and have incorporated now, I remember probably subconsciously thinking at that point, I am never going to not believe this. Mm. And now I don't. Mm-hmm. So it's just proof that you know you can change your thoughts that's a powerful that's a powerful moment though i had the same thing happen in a completely different thing i went to a leadership conference thing when i was in college and in uh, the middle of conference it was a like keynote speaker and he gets up there and he goes look under your desk or your um not your desk your chair and we each had three juggling balls and he said i'm gonna teach you guys how to juggle right now (laughs) And he tried to teach us all to juggle, like 600 kids had to juggle in like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I couldn't do it. And I got home and I was with a buddy and I was like, yeah, he's trying to teach. And I um, tried to do it again. And I just said, you know, I think I'm just not going to learn to juggle. 
That's just going to be something I don't do. And I just decided mm-hmm. I'm just not going to juggle. And I know this is such a simple thing, but it's the little things that can be really profound because like they, 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 you know, it's like they become metaphorical for the rest of your life. Four years later, after graduating college, I am a bartender. And all of a sudden I have this idea of like, I'm going to be the best bartender. I'm going to be the best bartender. And the way to become the best bartender, you got to start learning like bar tricks, bar magic. And so I bought a course on how to do like Tom Cruise cocktail style bottle flipping. (laughs) And what's the first thing he says you have to learn how to juggle. (laughs) You're like, shit. Yeah, but I've already decided I'm not going to juggle unless it's not for me and I just can't do it. I don't have the hand-eye coordination, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, and he just starts there. And he's like, you know, chances are you've never juggled before. No one taught you. It's actually a lot easier. It's just it's just a muscle memory thing, and I'm going to show you how to do it. And it's just a practice. It's just a tempo. It's just a cadence. And sure enough, an hour later, I I was juggling. Mm. And the powerful moment, was when I said, I will never decide something like that ever again in my life. Mm. I, will, I will never set that boundary. Yeah. There's always, with it, you know, like these cliches in our life that are cliches because they're so true. Where there's a will, there's a way. Mm-hmm. Where there's a will means there's that power. Your will power is in play and there is a way. And uh, we're so just so convinced it's not going to work or it's not going to happen or it's not possible or I don't have what it takes. It's like, well, when you're right, you're right. And I just, I learned that I was like 24, 25 years old. I'm like, I will never say that again. I will never do anything like that again. Like you can't do this or this isn't for you or not, not in this life. And, uh, you know, so I let go of that belief. When you let go, you let in. And not only do you let in, you let in so much more every time. Yeah. And, you know, when you say to yourself, I'm not good enough or I don't, I don't know enough. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this. You're right. Right. You're right. Because you've already decided that you're not. So just like what you said, you know, when you're right, you're right. Like, right. If you believe Because that's how powerful you are. Exactly. Exactly. You just created your, that is what you created. And that's the proof. If you feel not enough, remember that the only reason and way that you feel not enough is because uh, a younger version of you decided that. Mm-hmm. Or you so just decided it right now. Right. And that's the evidence of how powerful you are, that you create that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. We need to start there. It's like, we just need to start with that energy. It's like, I am powerful. Yeah. I, I do just make decisions and create. And therefore, this is who I experience myself to be. And if I've created that, and people go into like fault and blame. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's not create fault and blame. Let's, let's just create what we want now. We created that. Now what? Now what do we create? Yeah. And life becomes really fun when you look <sighs> at yourself from the lens of being a creator, an artist, an author, what are, what's you open up the book? What are we writing today in your story? You're the Mm -hmm. main character. You're also the protagonist, but that might be (laughs) another episode, (laughs) but you're creating, you're the reader too, by the way, you're the, you're the audience 
you're the protagonist and you're the antagonist. You're probably mm-hmm. all the little ancillary characters too. You're probably the setting. You're probably the backdrop. You're the theme. And that's the beautiful thing is it's you are boring. it. You're all you of it. it. Yeah. 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 Let's make it a good story. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I just uh, answered a post today on Facebook. Actually, somebody said, what makes you want to get up in the morning? Like, and when the whole world expects you um, to not be a businesswoman, I'm like, mm. whoa, that's, that's a heavy question right there. Like, and the whole world. Right. I, I could have gotten really deep into that post, James, but yeah. all I said was um, the fact that I got to get up today and yeah. Yeah. that the, the sheer excitement of what I'm going to create. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I could, like I said, could have gotten really deep into that quest, you know, <laughs> that answer on that yeah. one, but I, cause that really is the main reason we're here we are here to create yeah so what here's the thing what are you going to create if if it was all easy and unicorns and daisies and stuff it'd be so boring it would it's it's scary because it's it's real it's raw it's exposing it's threatening to the ego so it's going to take something of you going to take that courage and that can be scary Mm -hmm. so what better way to not do those scary things than to blame the world how much of that is the world saying i can't do the things i want to do we actually think that it is how much of it is us giving our power to that and calling it the world. The world doesn't want me. Yeah. Every time you blame something else, you're just giving it that power. And it gets us off the hook. Yeah. You're using, we use them as this, we use them as a scapegoat. See, I couldn't do it. It's not because of me. Yeah. It's not because of me that couldn't do it. It's, it's them. They wouldn't let me. Yeah. Or they made me give away. They made me do it. Yeah. (laughs) They made me feel this way. Right. Ask my kids about how I feel about that. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's beautiful because like when you and I grew up, we didn't have all these distinctions. And so now we get to pass them on to our little kiddos and they're Mm -hmm. just going to be so much more amazing than we are. And that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, to take that type of responsibility and people, that's, that's like a really triggering word for people these days. Responsibility is, is this is nothing about, blame or fault or shame responsibility is about reclaiming personal power Mm -hmm. reminding yourself that you might be the protagonist of the story but then remembering that you're also the author and if you don't like what's been written today turn the page and change the story yeah it's time to write something new and that always starts with you but if you're waiting for everyone else to change before you can write a new page of the story you're denying your personal power. You're giving it away. And, yeah, your book's uh, that's fine. Your book's going to stay stuck, dog-eared yeah. in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, what does any of this have to do with entrepreneurship this is, is everything. Because, like, you have to do this in entrepreneurship. You're, you, are, you are the ultimate creator 
as an entrepreneur because you're looking at a blank canvas of possibility in that portal and you're creating. So yeah, trust, allow, release. Those are the three words I always tell mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Trust, allow, release. Yeah. The three things. Or fear, attach, hold on. Yeah. That's <laughs> Which one feels better? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yeah. Fear, attach, hold on. Yeah. Overthink. So I, um, I was just revisiting your first 100 leads workshop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right before we came on. Um, I'd love for you to tell everyone about that. Sure. Yeah. So what I do and who we help today is any entrepreneur that wants to be selling any type of digital products, online course membership, group coaching, one-on-one clients, and um, really how to build an actual business around that. And what I love to tell people is that your business needs a little TLC, tender, loving care, Yes, but also traffic leads customers. And there's a lot of people that are really bummed out that they don't have the customers and the clients that they want, but at the same time, they're not doing anything to get leads. And today you have a lot of people focusing on social media about how to get popular, how to build an audience and how to reach more people. And that's not the same as getting a lead. A lead is a person that is already actually interested in wanting to work with you. They're really close to the sale. And that's big. You can have a bunch of people that follow you on social media that will never, ever, ever want to buy from you. Oh, I just follow her because she's funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are we trying to do here? Get people to like, like you or build a business. Mm. And so what we did is we put together an online course. It's 14, 16 videos, something like that. Um, and it teaches you how to actually, our process for how to actually get leads. Leads that actually want to buy stuff from you. Mm. And we called it, your first 100 leads. We've had people that have already had big audiences, big lists, take the program. And we've had people that are just starting out. But you can't have customers without leads. That's a very important thing. You cannot, it is impossible. That's like saying, I want to marry someone without having someone know me first. Mm. Can't do it. Without ever meeting them, yeah. Without meeting them. Now I understand there's the concept of arranged marriages, but I want to fall in love without meeting someone. How about that? You can't Mm. do that. You need, to, you need to have someone meet you first, get to know you first, go on dates, da, 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 da. And then that's the next. So it's a progression. It's the natural, chronological, sequential order of things. It has to be a lead before there's a customer. So this is a course. Powerful people have said um, better than the 997 courses that they've purchased out there. And here's the best part. It's not $997. It's not even $97. It's not even $9.77. It's absolutely free. Uh, it's, it's completely free. We wanted to put this out here because it's just a big hurdle for people as they keep saying, well, I don't have an audience. I don't have a list. I don't have a big enough list. And you don't need many to get going. And so we want to help you with that. And, uh, and you walk, walk through those videos, do what we tell you to do in there, and it's going to help you to attract people that actually want to buy from you. Your yeah. first 100 leads. So I took, I, I watched that when I first bought Business by Design. And which is James's course, by the way, um, and put it into action. And it was like, you know, 30 days, a hundred new leads. Imagine Boom. it works. Boom. Yeah. It works. Um, yeah. And you just like rinse and repeat, <laughs> just keep rinsing and repeating. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 
I also want to say that you get way more than just training on how to get your first hundred leads. I'm not mm. going to spoil it. I'm not going to give any, <laughs> you know, little yeah. fun tips. If you want it, there's a link in the show notes to that uh, workshop that you can sign up for with James. And uh, it's amazing. So James, mm. thank you so much oh. for taking time. Yeah, to come on and talk to me today. Uh, this was an amazing conversation. But can you tell everyone where they can find you on, as you like to say, the interwebs? The interwebs. Yeah. Well, you know, my, I think my favorite place that I'd love to hang out with you is on our podcast. Mm. Um, so I host a podcast as well. It's called Mind Your Business Podcast. It's a little overwhelming, but there's like 470 episodes at this point. <laughs> And I've listened to all of them. <laughs> all of them are different too. They I don't are. think, I don't think I've ever, well, we've, we've like re, you know, re-aired episodes. Like this is, this is, we're bringing an old one back, but I've never recorded myself. All right. We're going to do the same topic again. Cause we mm-hmm. ran out of ideas. Um, so it's always something new, which is crazy to, to have 470 topics. Um, it's called the mind your business podcast. It's on that, all the places that you listen to podcasts. And what I really love to dive deep into is anything in the internal, intangible, inner world of what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Mm. I realize that the doing, I think Tony Robbins said something like this, like the doing is like the 10, 10%, the mechanics, the strategy, and 10%. He said the psychology is like 90%. Psychology is one word to use, you know, the psychology, the spiritual, the mental, the internal uh-huh. it's so it's so much bigger and i just keep saying like wow the more i grow internally the more i let go of what no longer serves me the more i keep letting in the more i keep growing and it's a lot of episodes on my insights and strategies and training on how to do that in yourself yeah it's where my my brain first melted people so <laughs> it's the <laughs> podcast for brain melting we, we should call it <laughs> so make sure caution that- hot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should put a little thing at the top caution warning warning hot. we'll Just melt like your, your brain yeah we'll melt your brain. <laughs> fahrenheit what's what's the melting temperature of 9800 fahrenheit yeah i'm trying to be cle- clever but i think we reached our our cleverness potential with portal of possibility and we're just gonna leave that there oh my gosh absolutely absolutely <laughs> And uh, awesome. I love your coaching with coffee too. So join James on oh, yeah. most Fridays uh, on Instagram. I know. I'm so, I, I choose to just do it when I feel like it. Yeah, that's cool. Most that's Fridays. Cool. Love it. Most and Fridays. Friday mornings when he feels like it is basically yeah. my loose structure. <laughs> I do an episode on the podcast every Monday, but like the Friday is like when he feels like it, yeah. he'll get around to it. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. You're the boss, right? It's- <laughs> that's why we call it business by design whose that's design right. you think it is is, is mine that's you think right. every friday i want to get up and do no i don't and i don't want to i don't want to phone it in either so if i'm not feeling it i don't do it so like i had a busy friday i had like other stuff throughout the whole day schedule and i was like i don't want to put that much like i only do a certain amount of things in a day like mm. schedules i don't do anything before 11 I won't do that so i have that morning routine and that that sacred time in the first half of the day Mm-hmm. And there's only about like two or three things I can, I let my team put on the calendar per day. That's by my own design. Yeah. You know, 
That's the and, point, uh, right? Yeah, that's the point. We have to be intentional with that. So um, something to think about. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, James, thank you so much. And um, yeah. I will be listening to your podcast and everyone here oh, that is listening to us right now, please screenshot this episode put it on your stories, tag us, ask us questions, please. tell us yeah. your ahas. Uh, we want to hear from you. So unless you hated it, of course they didn't hate it. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> if you hated it, we want to hear it too. Right. If you, we want to hear that if you too. Hated it, you're dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> There's something wrong with you if you hated it. Oh, my God. You know, they probably, if they hated it, they're probably still not listening, so. <laughs> if, they, if they hated it, then their brain is starting to melt right now. Yeah. And they're, they're. It's normal to be mad at us and, like, curse us because we're challenging some of those things. That's, yeah. that's okay. Let us know we, we triggered you a little bit. That, that I yeah. like to hear. Heck, yes. James, me too. You really pissed me off today. Good. It's working. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So good. All right, everyone, thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode. Have you ever wondered why some days you're so energized that whipping through actions in your business is a breeze, and others you feel like you just want to go back to bed, pull the covers over, and totally retreat from the world? Maybe there are weeks where everything feels easier and the abundance is flowing, while others feel like you're smashing your head on a brick wall and resistance seems to rule, leading to a shit ton of trash talk going on in your head. If you're anything like me and most entrepreneurs, you've tried to just push through and keep hustling even when your mind, body, and soul are crying out for rest. Because that's what we've been taught we need to do to be successful. Go, go, go 24-7. What if I told you it doesn't have to be that way? Imagine just for a moment that you could create an abundant, profitable business without living on the edge of exhaustion and burnout. What if you could totally enjoy your business in a state of joy, ease, and flow? What if you could find that healthy balance of business, life, and self without the guilt of not being on all the time? Well, using the power and energy of the lunar cycles, you can. When you work with the cycles of the moon, you create more flow and ease. There's less just surviving and more thriving. Knowing when to floor the gas pedal and when to hit the brake, you'll no longer need to push or force your way forward. Instead, you can switch into receiving mode, flowing with the natural energies of the moon. You don't always have to be on in order to be successful and get big things done. In fact, it's not natural or healthy and could even be a barrier to the ultimate success of your business. So I want to introduce you to Moon Circle Magic. In this vibration-raising monthly membership community, I'm bringing you energetic, spiritual, and practical ways, mixing the woo with the do, that allows you to have a business and or life that you truly enjoy and totally reflects who you are using the moon's phases and energy. I've created a safe and supportive space that allows you full permission to find you and your personal fulfillment, self-love, abundance, confidence, and to connect with your intuition so you learn to lead from your soul and have the passionate, profitable business you want. The link to this is in the show notes, or you can visit my website at www.theelevatedentrepreneur.net.